Do you want to start making money from your podcast? Well, we talked to a Hall of Fame podcaster who is the perfect person to show you how. Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting has written a new book entitled Profit From Your Podcast, which talks about your next steps after launch. Dave is also an amazing coach and shares some fantastic stories of past failures from podcasters that you can avoid. Let's get to it. Dave, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm glad to be here. This is uh, this is going to be fun, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I think a lot of people out there know that you are, you know, one of one of the legends in in the podcasting industry. And you started in I, I want to say was it 2005? 2005, right? yeah, back when uh, it was painful. There was no iTunes yet. There was no Apple. Uh, you know, and you go to somebody and you go, "Hey, do you want to start a podcast?" And they go, "Do I need an iPod for that?" And you're like. No, it was just the first few years was just painful. I think about all of the problems that I've heard from recent podcasters. And it's always like, you know, can you start one for free? What's the best microphone? Those are those are always like the, the questions. And so I can imagine over the years, you've heard all and seen all of the mistakes that a lot of podcasters have made. And I think one of them is worrying too much about all of the gear and all of the all of the tech and all of the muck uh, before they actually worry about what they're going to talk about. Yeah, I've actually, I had a guy hire me uh, as a, a client and he had put out thousands of dollars, had this really nice video layout and like, you know, nice DSLR camera and lighting and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he had all this, you know, just everything was just top notch. And I'm like, great, I go tell me about your podcast. And he goes, that's the part I need help with. And I was like, <laughs> oh, Okay, well, let's you know, let's back up a little bit. We got the the cart a little bit, just a little bit before the horse there. So yeah, but it, it, you don't have to spend thousands of dollars. I usually tell people about the price of an Xbox will get you up and going. Dave, I I, lo- I love your story. I mean, you definitely are are a I would call you a self made man. I mean, when I read about how you started, basically, you know, like you said, with the government cheese, and worked your way up to where you are today. I mean, it just that's what. Sometimes, you know, like to say it's that way now is one of the great things about America. But I got to I got to ask you about this crystal ball, right? Okay. Because in the book at the end of the preface and I told Chris this was just like you must have known something. He goes, "One last thing as I write this. It's February 2020. Things may change by the time you read this. Please keep <laughs> that in mind." I was like, "How did he know?" Prophetic. <laughs> was it yeah, I dust off the crystal ball every now and then, ask it for a couple lottery picks, and then, uh, you know, do, you know, magic eight ball. Will there be a pandemic in 2020? <laughs> Chances are yes. Okay, well, there we go. But I was just like, wow. You know, so so right there, even before getting into chapter one, you already had me like, oh, I, this guy, he's got some <laughs> some great nuggets in this book, and I, I'm excited about it. Um, I mean, so, so tell us a little bit about what it was like. I mean, is this your first book that you've really written? It's the first time I've worked with a publisher. My very first book, uh, my very first podcast was for musicians. And it was called Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. And so that was my first one. And I put it on Amazon, the whole nine yards. And then I want to say about seven years ago, the book was called More Podcast Money. And it was kind of, it was like the precursor to Profit from Your Podcast. In fact, I'd actually started to rewrite that because that version of the book doesn't even mention Patreon. There was no crowdfunding back then when I wrote the book. And so I start. I was like, I need to rewrite this. And it was just so funny. And at that point, I got an email from a publisher that said, hey, 
you seem to know what you're talking about when it comes to podcasting. Would you be interested in writing a book about profiting from your podcast? And I was like, well, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm working on that right now. So that was, uh, it, and it's been a little different. Uh, I'm As a podcaster, as an entrepreneur, you're kind of used to just, let's hit the ground running and go. And this is different working with a, a publisher. There are pros and cons to each, but I'm just used to, Hey, this is what I want to do. Let's do it. And they're like, well, it has to go through this checkpoint and that. Then this person's going to give it to Harold, who's going to give it to Susan. And I'm like, really? Like when I originally turned in the uh, the like the final draft of it, and they're like, okay, great. They go, and I'm. I, this was back in September of 2019, and I said, so is there any chance this is going to be ready by Christmas? And they're like, oh no, no, this will be ready in July. And I was like, wait, how does it take nine months to make a baby? And, and 10 months to make a book. So that's, you know, but on the other hand, they've, it looks really nice and, you know, uh, uh, it, it's a different experience and, and pay wise, it's different. When you self publish, you put out all the money up front. You buy the, you know, in my first book, I had two editors and I hired a guy to design my, uh, my cover. This, they pay you up front and they do all that fun filled stuff. And then you get royalties later, question mark, hopefully, right? That's how that's going to work. So there are pros and cons to each. In your book, you're basically addressing the things that everybody needs to uh, a profit in your podcast. And what I loved about it was the last thing you talk about are the tools, are the specific tools. And again, it sort of goes back to, listen, if you're a podcaster, stop worrying about the Sure SM7B mic and getting this huge expensive um, thing worry first about what you're doing on your podcast. And I think that message is is great to hear from someone like yourself who's been doing it, you know, for 15 plus years in the in the podcasting uh, space. So I, is was that intentional on your part to leave that last or it was just because again, I knew that things were going to change because I was like this is the technology part. Right. Let's save this till the very end. And that way, if something changes, you know, it'll be there. And I've also got a spot in the book for people that buy the book that they can go and I'll have a thing online where, because it's going to change. It's just, that's the nature of technology. So then in the future, if you want kind of an updated list of that, uh, that'll be an option as well for those. Oh, that, uh, awesome. So when you do right. an update for tools that you think would be valuable for someone who's bought your book today and it's three years from now, you'll have an updated sort of tools list uh, that he, he, he's got he's there. got a link, but we're not going to share because you got to buy the book. <laughs> As he said but, it, right? Don't yeah, don't give well, it away to everyone. The uh, the fun thing is, is I have an episode of the School of Podcasting, and it's it's twenty seven steps to start a podcast, and it's actually one of the few episodes I really want to go back and re-record because I'm talking about buying a mixer and buying this microphone. And it's like, that is not what I would recommend today because things have just, they've made it easier. Yeah. And I was thinking about that the other day because somebody said, well, don't I need a mixer? And I'm like, who's telling you to get a mixer? And they're like, well, you are in this episode over here. And I was like, oh, I might want to redo that. So I wanted to, to do two things there. Number one is to to sign up and, and get this extra information, you're going to have to give me your email. And that doesn't mean I'm going to spam you to death, but it means I am going to have further contact with you, hopefully in the future, and we can start that relationship. So that's one. And then number two, you get the updated stuff as it, as, as you know, life happens and technology changes, you get to keep up to date with the latest stuff. 
as someone who does um, has given you my email, I will say that you I do not get spammed, but I do love the email that I get from you. It's the halftime email. Yeah, when I can remember, uh, it's one of those things. Right now, I'm in the middle of moving, and I don't know if you guys have moved lately. It's it's so much fun to pick up everything you own and move, but it's just simply. Here's because uh, people say, well, you have so many podcasts. How do I keep up with them? And I'm like, well, here, sign up for my newsletter. And it's just, here's what I did. Here's who I interviewed. And then sometimes something will catch my eye. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. And I'll just, it's just links. It's kind of like, hey, here's a quick, and I, I call it the halftime report because it's Wednesday. And uh, I figure between Monday and Sunday, Wednesday's kind of in the middle. And uh, it's just a way to keep up to date with what's going on until uh, the next school of podcasting comes out. Uh, Amazon actually did uh, launch podcasts recently. So I thought it would be great while we have Mr. Dave Jackson on the show. Um, Dave, I don't know if you've, if you've had a chance to, uh, to play around with, uh, with podcasts in the Amazon Music app. And um, it, you know, it, lo and behold, look at this. I mean... Just top of the top of the charts here uh, on, on Amazon School of Podcasting. Uh, any thoughts on on Amazon uh, launching podcasts in general? Well, number one, I love it. Just it's another it's another phone book, for lack of a better phrase. It's something that if you think about it, the phone books make makes it easy to find whatever it is you're looking for. So to me, it's another really really big phone book which is great. I love the fact that the formatting of it, if you compare it to something like Spotify and some other apps that, eh, you know, they kind of aren't really fully embracing podcasting maybe and all the links work and things like that. So I'm thrilled. I was like, all right, well, well done. And they didn't do in the past. Other companies would make a copy of your file, which created this weird, you had your normal stats and then you would have like your Amazon stats. Well, they're not doing that. So they've, they've learned, I think from other people's mistakes, which is a great strategy, no matter what you're doing. And uh, I'm excited. I know uh, Rob Walsh, who's the vice president of Libsyn mm -hmm. on the last episode of the feed said after, I think it was a week or a day or something like that, it was already getting more attention than some apps that have been around for years. So it's one of those wow. things where, you know, things jump in and out of, of podcasting and you're never sure exactly what the impact is going to be. And Rob said, we probably won't know till the end of November exactly how many people are using this, but I'm just hoping that they just help promote podcasting. And you, you know, that one person's like a pod, what, right. you know, <laughs> that they yeah. might actually click on that and, and find that. Yeah. I, to your point, I think I'm happy that this is just casting a wider net. There's a ton of people that don't know what a podcast is and it being available on a massive platform like Amazon, it just can't help but be good. And if that creates more fans, more listeners of not just our content, but podcasts in general, maybe they gravitate to, another app that's got more stuff going on where you can save playlists and share more easily and have all of that other stuff. But it's a gateway, right? And I think when when Spotify launched, it was kind of the the same thing. I mean, it, it kind of was a podcast app, but it was a music app and there there, you know, there was, but just think of the impact for for podcasts in general to be able to just cast that wider net. Yeah. And the uh I just refer to her as the woman in the tube so we don't set off people's right. little hockey puck on your desk. But from what I understand, it's going to be easier to call up a podcast via your voice uh, now that uh, they have that set in. But in the past, 
they were using TuneIn as their default. So I'm sure TuneIn is just thrilled that Amazon has got into the the podcasting space because they've now, as you might imagine, that's now the the default for uh, if you're going to use your voice to call a podcast that they'll be using that. So it's awesome. I'm I'm glad to see them. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wonder if you've already uh, spoken to uh, the woman with the letter, the name that starts with A and the puck on your desk, if you've already synced that with another player, if they'll sort of supersede that and, and redirect you to, or will they just like out of consumer experience and user experience, maybe they just kind of let that go and all new devices will, will have that you know, inherently in them. Yeah, it's, I think if you haven't said anything in the app, in the the woman's app that starts with A, uh, I think if you haven't done anything, then it's the default. But if you go in and say, my default, you know, video streaming is Netflix and my podcast is blah, 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 whatever, then I think they'll they'll kind of leave it alone. Yeah. Well, I don't have one of those devices around me and you guys have headphones on. So it's an Alexa device. We're on Amazon. <laughs> I have to say it. We can't, we can't tiptoe around it. Well, and not to mention, Chris, I, I think, one of the things, and I think that's where I sometimes look at Amazon as kind of that sleeping giant, is they have so much data, so much information, and they really, in some aspects, have been first when it comes to voice, whether it's flash briefings or all this other thing. So this, I thought, think is a logical step for them. And I do believe it's not all podcasts, but some podcasts are actually even being pushed into the Audible platform. So I, I wanted to talk about something that Dave brought up in... Uh, I want to say it was in, in chapter two where, where content is king. And I love how he describes it because, you know, Chris, how many times that we talk about people are, you know, they're worried about countdown timers and their video and they're spending all this money. But, you know, and this really resonated with me. You know, it's content that moves you. It taps into your emotion. It entertains you. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It makes you think. It makes you groan. It educates or entertains you. If your content's not doing that, nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to watch. And I think people forget that. They get so caught up in, oh, I, I want to get my stuff out there and just people are going to come by for me. Well, no, they're not. And, and Dave also talks about the relationship building community. And I think that that is mm -hmm. so important. And you know, I've been reading about some of these examples of people that he talks about. And as I was like, wow, I never thought of it. I mean, my my stepson's actually uh, becoming a crime scene investigator. And I was reading about this coroner uh, that that Dave talks about, how this guy developed this. I mean, he 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 like he said, he's probably making more per month than than we can even think about right now, just from starting a podcast and a website in a, in a, you know, niche, right? Niche rhymes with quiche uh, type of thing. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then the next chapter he talks about presentation is queen. And of course I'm just like, wow. I mean, so, so, so Dave, I mean, you're a genius in my book anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Yeah. You're, you're talking about Darren Dake who does the corner talk. And this was a guy that started off, you know, a lot of people, you know, if we take the Joe Rogans of the world and and the Dak Shepard and think these guys have been entertainment for years. Darren Dake was a coroner in the middle of Missouri. So no huge, you know, social following, things like that. He just wanted to talk to other coroners. And so he started a coroner talk. 
and started to do that. And then somebody said, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. Maybe we should have him come talk at our, you know, some sort of assembly or whatever. And then somebody saw him talk and said, hey, can you come talk to my thing? And it just, you know, it didn't happen overnight. I just heard this new phrase. I guess it's been around for a while. You don't eat the fruit the day you plant the seed. And I was like, I love that. So this took a while to build up, but eventually he found this weird loophole where some states, don't you love the government? Some states make you get certified every year to keep your coroner status, but they don't offer the training. I was like, that is brilliant. So this is a case where Darren hopped in, he's up to his neck in his niche, and he finds out that there's a need. Hey, these people need certified. There's no place to go. So he built one, and he actually started, I believe, in his, his bedroom. And then he moved to the basement of a church, and now he actually has his own kind of building. And just in time for you guessed it, uh, coronavirus, he started doing training online. And now, as uh, you know, it is just making a lot of cash doing it. it. He was one of the guys. I'm like, can we put what you make? And he goes, no, no, that's no, good. He goes, <laughs> it's uh, he goes, but he, he let me know it's a lot. And I was like, that's, I, amen, my friend. I'm so glad. So, and that's one of the things I wanted to do was I didn't want it to be the Dave Jackson show. Here's what I've done. And here's, it's like, no, no. And it was more, I didn't start off to do this, but people are like, it's kind of like little baby white papers of here's what this guy did. Here's what it worked. Here's what didn't work. Uh, I know I, I talk a lot about Jonathan Oaks, who has a trivia podcast when it comes to Patreon, because he's just crushing it over there. So I just interviewed a lot of different people. And that's where I lucked out. I just reached out to the School of Podcasting audience. And I said, hey, if you are making a dime with your podcast, I want to talk to you. And so it took a while to to do all the interviews and things like that. But it, it really is. Uh, Rob Walsh from, from Lipson has a great example of this, how it really is the content. You cannot, if you spend, you know, 500 dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month on Facebook ads and your show isn't any good. You're just letting the world know faster that your show isn't any good. (laughs) And, and he brings up the example. There was, I wish I knew what year it was. The Lone Ranger had Johnny Depp when Johnny Depp was like super hot and some other guy and it's the Lone Ranger and Johnny Depp playing Tonto. And I mean, we had the, the hamburger happy meal ready to go. We had the dolls, we had the posters, you name it. It was ready to go. And it was just per nauseum. Every time you turn it on, here's another ad for the Lone Ranger. There was one problem. Uh, That movie was horrible. I mean, I saw it and it was like, wow, that was not what I expected. Meanwhile, you've got movies like The Sixth Sense uh, by M. Night Shyamalan. And what's interesting about that movie, that was it wasn't an independent movie, but it wasn't a big budget movie either. And what's great about that movie is not only when you come out, do you want to see it again, but you tell a friend. So it really it's the content and word of mouth, especially report after report comes out. And I'm a big fan of social media and, you know, advertising. But the number one way people are still finding out about podcasts is word of mouth. It's when somebody goes, "Uh, did you hear this? Holy cow. You know, so. Well, and even this book, Dave, because I'm telling you, just from what I've read, you know, so far, I'm like, wow, I got to check out this podcast and that podcast. Because, you know, that that I think sometimes is the challenge with podcasting and live streaming in general is how do you get out? to your audience, you know? And so even before we get to profit, it's like, how do we get that out there and distribute it? And, uh, you know, so I think, you know, this is, this is definitely uh, something that, that people need. I mean, your, your book is, is filling a need, right? It's not just a one, it's a need. Cause a lot of times it's like, 
ultimately, why are you podcasting? Why are you writing a book? It's because you're looking to get more customers, clients. You know, I mean, sure, we might do some of this because we we uh, just want to feel good about ourselves. But ultimately, it's a lot of time and energy if you're not seeing. Uh, you know, like to your point, can't eat the fruit before you plant the seeds and uh, let those things grow. Well, I always tell people starting a podcast is not hard. I mean, I could grab my phone right now and burp into it and it'll be on Apple in two days. Uh, so starting a podcast is not hard. Starting a good podcast is hard because you have to figure out, and you you brought up a great point. Why are you starting this podcast? So that's kind of option one. Then you have to figure out who am I talking to? And then so these people like to talk about you know, topics A, B, and C, and you want them to either, you know, buy your product or tell the world about their, your message or things like that. And then you have to figure out, okay, what can I talk about? What, where do these crisscross each other so that they're going to help me do what I want out of this podcast, but also will hold their attention. And that's the part that's tricky. You really have to figure out, okay, who am I talking to? Why am I doing this? And it, it's, there is no one size fits all. If I'm doing a busy mom's podcast, it's not going to be 30 minutes long. Why? Because they're busy moms. They don't have, <laughs> they don't have 30 minutes to watch a TV or uh, listen to a podcast. Uh, so, and if I want to do, if the, if my why is I want to keep my name in front of my target audience, then I might do a, a daily show, but it's only five minutes long. Uh, I used to, all I remember it was brought to you by the association of Christian athletes uh, I forget the name of the podcast. So, but their branding left, and every day this guy would come on. His name was Jimmy Page. I remember that because I'm like the guitar player from Led Zeppelin. Wow. Is, no, no, it's not him. He's with the Fellowship of Christian <laughs> Athletes. <That's awesome. laughs> and he would come on, and they would say something like, "You know, do you know that carrots are good for you?" Blah 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 blah. Yeah, and it was literally like two minutes long, just a little tip, and then brought to you by the Association of Christian Athletes. And it was every day and it worked because I still, I don't remember the name of the podcast, but I do remember their brand. So it kind of depends on why am I doing this? If I right. want to be seen as an expert, then maybe I'll do a weekly show and do a deep dive and, you know, kind of like look at all the information that I know I'm an expert. So people, to your point, people forget, you know, it, they're in a business, right? And it, you know, where, whatever business you're in, you have to identify who your customer is. And when you're starting a podcast, who is your ideal listener? Who are you speaking to? What do they want to hear? How can you serve them? And too many people, I think, start like, I've got to do a podcast because I just need to do a podcast because they're hot and I would like yeah. to make money. So how can I? And then they're forgetting all of those key uh, components that you're Everybody's about. doing it. Yeah. yeah. When somebody asked me, what's the best thing to podcast about to make the most amount of money in a short amount of time? I'm like, just don't. Right. Just trust me. Don't. Just, just stop, <laughs> right. please. I uh, I just did an episode, and this is the one I think that most people skip, is uh, my latest episode is six things that will make your podcast interesting. And I found this clip, and it's uh, Ron Howard being interviewed by the guy, uh, Kurt Loder. You might remember him from MTV. And Ron Howard has had a few successes under his belt, you know, Apollo 13, et cetera, et cetera. And Ron Howard, before it goes out to the public, does a screening and pulls his audience because he's like, look, I'm in the, the business of connecting with my audience. And even though I've done all the editing and things like that, until it goes out to, the, to everyone, I want to make sure it's doing what I set out to do. And I think podcasters, and I understand why, look, we work, we work really hard 
on our podcast. And to a certain extent, it's our art, man. So I get that. And it's hard to go, hey, I just worked like eight hours on this 45-minute podcast because I'm brand new to this. And to hand it some to somebody and go, can you talk about this like I'm not in the room? Takes a little bit of courage. But if we go back to marketing, if it's not connecting with your audience yet, then you really don't want to go tell everybody yet. It's like, here, put check out this product. It doesn't work yet, but you know, here, I, I worked a long time on it. So, and that's, that's tough. And that's where, again, but what's great is when you finally do figure out what your audience wants and you, you do see that it's working. Okay. Now when it's time to, you know, amplify that with some advertising or, you know, going on other shows to promote it or whatever you're going to do to, to get the word out. But I, I do see that as, and I understand why I just, I always, when I see somebody and I go, you know, well, are you getting any good feedback? Did you do any kind of focus group? And they go, well, my mom said it was good. My all my family and my friends. And I'm like, yeah, mom is always going to say it was good for the record. So, you know, uh, that's, you I, need to do a little more than that. That reminds me, you do a show uh, that where you'll sit down with a podcaster. Uh, you do it with another gentleman and you'll sit down with a podcaster and hit play on on an episode and actually while that podcaster is there live you'll you'll sort of go through and and critique and coach live while that person is there which is a super interesting i forget what's the name of the show again it's it's called the podcast review show and there's a few examples of this in the book oh am i going to be that guy it's in the book i don't want to be that oh, guy but no, anyway no, you're already <laughs> that guy you wrote it it's your book but <laughs> this is what happens is you jump into your niche and, and like Daniel J. Lewis is one. Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast.com. Daniel was a web designer and a graphic person and thought he was going to be promoting his, his web design business. But his show is called the audacity to podcast. And people thought it was about the free software right. called audacity and people that are really excited about free software are not really excited about paying four figures for a website. But what Daniel did was he figured out, well, what are these, I have an audience, what do they need? And that's when, oh, they need way. They really like uh, reviews and they like all this other stuff. So he made products for the audience that assembled. And that's what I did with a podcast review show when I first started off and people were like, Hey, this is cool. You know, can you uh, listen to my podcast and let me know what you think about it. And I started doing that. And after a while, I was like, you know, this is taking, if I really do a good job here, this is taking like three hours. I can't do this for free forever. And so I just started charging people for it and thinking, are, are they really going to? And yes, if you can, what happens almost with every product is your, what you're selling is transformation. So like right now, I'm in the process of moving. I'm paying a guy because I always say you're going to pay in one of two currencies, either time or money. Right. And being that I got to be in this house and out of this apartment sooner than later, I'm paying in money in that aspect. So you're you're paying for transformation and or convenience or things of that nature. And so, you know, I'm tra- I'm helping them transform their show and they're they're polishing it and they're you know getting rid of the rough edges and things like that and people actually pay for things that are free and if you don't believe me go to amazon you can find the wizard of oz and if you wait long enough it'll probably be back on tbs in about a week or so i mean that's on all the time and so you know you'll be surprised at what people will pay money for it's great you know because i i talk to people all the time in the the consulting and the training business that i do and much like what you're you're saying it's like listen Sometimes I'm having a conversation like you can, you're smart enough. You know how to put, you can put together a podcast. I can, you know, you can 
you know, do even do it for free, really, if you want to give away your content to Anchor. But if, you know, anybody can can do that, not anybody, but, you know, to do it, you're smart enough, you could do it by yourself. You know what? I can mow my lawn too. I can do my own taxes too. But what what do you do? Sometimes you're going to pay a landscaper because you always kill your lawn. Uh, And sometimes you just don't want to keep up with the tax laws. So you pay a CPA to do your taxes. And if you want to do, you want your taxes done the best way possible and properly. So you don't, you know, have an audit and you know, all of that, or you want your, a really nice looking lawn, you're going to hire someone to do that. So it's very, I, I guess that that's the analogy that I use that seems to apply. Absolutely. And I have time and time again, have made a logo for some sort of podcast or whatever, and then I'm like, yeah, that looks pretty good. You start patting yourself on the back and you're like, you know what? Maybe I should hire an actual graphic person and I will hire them and they will come back. And I'm like, oh, this is, it looks like I did mine in a crayon. It's, it's just like, <laughs> let somebody who lives in that world do it. So we should give a, a shout out to um, uh, the designer of the School of Podcasting logo, which... Yeah, Mark, Mark over see. at uh, podcastbranding.co. Oh, man. That is, yeah. I mean, that is stellar. That is uh, eye-catching. I mean, it does, it checks all the boxes in terms of, you know, if you're a little app on, you know, on a, or if you're a little square on an app on a phone, you got to catch someone with some colors and they got to know what it is before they're going to, you know, push play. And I think that one checks all the boxes. I love well, it. And Mark does exactly what I talk about in the book. First things first, he listened to his audience and he said, well, because I told him, I said, I, I have a guy working on it. I said, I might not be explaining this right because we're just not clicking. I mean, he's a super nice guy, super talented. But for some reason, everything he's given me he goes, well, what are you looking for? And I go, I don't know, kind of like a school crest, you know, and maybe a microphone or something in the background. And and but yet have lettering kind of like and I, there was a thing, uh, college football on like ESPN. I go, I kind of like that thing. And literally within, I don't know, a half hour. He's like, something like this. And I'm like, that's exactly it. Wow. So when you listen to your audience, find out what they want and then give it to them, they're really, really happy. And they'll be happy to pay for that. They're like, yes, that's exactly what I want. So yeah, Mark over podcastbranding.co. I will give him a, I will happily give him a shout out. We, we actually have a viewer question uh, over here on Amazon. Uh, Dave, what is the big difference between your first book, uh, More Podcast Money to your new book, what has changed in eight years? Wow, I bet a lot. Oh, that's actually that's actually Kyle Bondo. That's the Kyle question from Kyle, gotcha. Kyle Bondo, so. um, who is also he does uh, Podwrecked is uh, one of his shows about podcasting. He also does Merchants of Dirt, which I think is just one of the best names. Oh, I just like saying Merchants of Dirt <laughs> on uh, tour with Five Finger Death Kings. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing is uh, Patreon. There was no crowdfunding when I wrote the original book, and there's just more there were things that I didn't think of. There's a section in the book about nonprofits and how if you actually go out and try to be a nonprofit, you actually have to have a board of directors to be a nonprofit. And that just sounded like a lot of work. But I found where you can actually find another nonprofit. And there's a uh, example of somebody who does a, um, a podcast about global warming. And he found this kind of nonprofit and said, hey, I kind of fit with your mission can I kind of come under your umbrella? And what's really interesting about that is they gave him a credit card and people donate to the the top nonprofit 
but it then goes to him and they just take a small portion, much like Patreon does. So things like that, that I just never thought of, I was like, I didn't even know you could do that. That's pretty cool because not everybody is out to sell a book or consulting or, you know, things of that nature. That's one, the, there's just more people, I guess there's more examples. When I did it before, there were a few people, but uh, the first book was a lot of the stuff that I was doing. And this was like, hey, there's yeah, there's definitely things. Here's my perspective on this. Here's how it worked for me and things like that. So there are stories about things I've done. But this has many more stories from people that are doing really cool things. I think one of my favorite examples is Mark from Beyond Bourbon Street. And one of the things he did that I thought was brilliant is he has a private Facebook group for his podcast. And it's all about you know New Orleans and things of that nature. And he had his sponsors in the private Facebook group and the sponsors called Two Chicks Walking. And it was time for their contract to come up for renewal. So Mark goes to his private Facebook group, has about 700 people in it and says, hey, has anybody gone on a Two Chicks Walking tour? And they're like, oh, we did. It was great. This is These ladies are awesome. And it was one of the best times I've ever had, yada, yada, yada. How easy is it then to go, hey, uh, it's time to time to sign the contract again. You want to want to renew? And I was like, "Ooh, that is that's mm, chocolatey goodness in terms of a strategy to get people to uh, to renew." So just things like that. Jonathan Oaks has I, I do a thing on Jonathan Oaks. There's uh, some great insights into not. I gotta watch how I say this. Some like I'm not going to take a product. I'm I, I'm in one right now. I have a product that I really really like. And their competition has approached me to be a sponsor. And I'm like, mm, I'm moving. I need money to pay these people at the moment. You know, I'm okay. But I'm like, yeah, starting to watch the savings go down a little bit. And I was like, these people want to give me money. I'm like, yeah, but if somebody said, Dave, what would you recommend for this situation? It wouldn't be them. And I was like, I can't, I don't know that I can do that. And because once you, you know, cash in your your integrity, it's really, really hard to get it back. I always say podcasters start, most of us start with two things in common. We have no audience and we have integrity. And it's just a matter of uh, how do I build that and, and keep it? That's great. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, and, and that's how, I mean, Rogan and MeUndies, right? He just, yeah. he just started talking about them because he really liked the underwear. I'm sure he was approached by many underwear companies, but he's like, you know, I, I, this is what... It, and so, I, and to your point, it's like, how are you going to expect other people to follow you up a hill and listen to you and and do all the things you're going to do and actually recommend something that you really like when you've kind of not done that and and just went for the went for the cash grab on something yeah. that you you really don't believe in. Yeah, and and you mentioned just mentioning a product going back to Mark from Beyond Bourbon Street mm-hmm. before Two Chicks Walking, which is the name of the the tour. Uh, he just started mentioning them. He, it, there was nothing said. He was just like, oh, well, these guys seem pretty cool. I know them, blah, blah, blah. And so they came over to him. They're like, Mark, we we don't quite know what this pod thing is, but um, you've tripled our business. You've wow. tripled our business. And Mark was like, well, maybe we should talk about being a sponsor. Then. <laughs> so <laughs> my affiliate link. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> right. and, and Dave, um, I know another person you talk about, and I know if this has been a big change in the last years as well, is, is Pat Flynn and just the whole world of affiliate marketing. Uh, to me, it seems like it's a lot more prevalent. Like I don't even think eight years ago, we thought about affiliate marketing. Maybe some people did. Is that something you would say has changed a lot in, in the last eight years? Well, yeah, because now 
I remember when I first started getting into affiliate marketing, you kind of like crossed your fingers. You're like, oh, I hope they have an affiliate program. And now almost everything has. If you look at the bottom of the page, it's almost always affiliates, partners, or something like that. And you can make a, a decent amount of money. I, I talk in the book. I, I'm a big fan of Jillian Michaels when she was on The Biggest Loser. And Jillian Michaels used to have a podcast. And she stopped doing the podcast because she went back to The Biggest Loser. So here again, there are a bunch of people going, what happened to the Jillian Michaels podcast? So I was like, well, people want a Jillian Michaels podcast. I'm going to make one. So I made the Jillian Michaels podcast. I explained to people that I am not Jillian Michaels, but I really liked her. And I, I would read her blog and I would basically stalk her in a very loving, polite way and talk about what she's doing on Facebook. And that woman put her name on anything. And all of it had affiliate marketing to it. And my favorite was she came out with an audiobook. For, she had like four books out. This was the first one that was an audiobook that she read. And I went to them. I had an affiliate program with Audible. And I said, hey, if you want to hear Jillian read her book, you can get it for free. Here's the link. And that was a nice four-figure affiliate check. So with the right wow. product and the right you know, audience, I, I talk about, I have a, a weight loss show. If I stood up, it does not look like I do a weight loss show, but I, I'm trying, doggone it. And I was promoting the Total Gym for a year because I had one. I liked it. I always tell people that's a great way, especially with affiliate marketing, go to your favorite products and see if they have an affiliate program. And so I had a total gym. And at the time, Christy Brinkley and Chuck Norris were promoting it per nauseum on TV. And I'm like, I'll just ride their coattails. And for a year, I talked about it, just nothing, nothing, nothing. Finally, at the end of the year, somebody bought one, got my $75 uh, commission check. And I was like, oh, cool. If I can only do this every week. But it turns out my audience wasn't really interested in that. And I found out one day, I found this cool thing called Fit Decks. And you could basically deal yourself a little workout. And I bought one. Again, I want to make sure it's cool. Bought one, dealt myself a workout, did it, got on the microphone. I'm like, hey, I did this. It's so easy. And I said, I'm actually, I think this is going to work. I'm kind of sore. And I said the magic phrase. I said, I could see where you can turn this into a game with your kids. And that's where I found it that a lot of my audience had kids. And they were $15 a deck. I would make $1.50 a deck. And at the time, I was still, I used to be a teacher in the corporate world. And I had my phone set up so that if somebody bought something, if I had an affiliate sale, it would come through. And I'd hear this little cha-ching on my phone. And it was just, I finally had to turn off my phone because it's just like cha-ching, cha-ching. So it's $1.50, but they had multiple decks. So people would buy four or five decks. And I was getting three and occasionally a four-figure check at $1.50 at a time because I had the right product for the right audience. And that had a pretty big audience. So, and the more they, and then once I saw that it worked, well, then I started talking about it even more. Right. So, you know, the only thing that I don't know that I need to investigate with affiliate marketing, and maybe you guys can answer this. I keep hearing that the cookie is going away. And I'm like, how is that going to work with affiliate marketing then? So I don't, I don't have the answer to that, but that's something I have in my to-do list of, Hey, you need to get that answer because if I'm asking that question, my audience is going to be asking that question. And if I want to position myself as the quote expert, I got to go find that answer. Who no, takes a, the cookie away? Like, how does that even... I, I've heard uh, there's a show called The New Media Show with Todd Cochran, who runs Blueberry. It's a podcasting network. And Rob Greenlee, who's the head of the um, that podcast association thing that I can't think of right now. He also Academy. works... Yeah, the Academy, the Podcast Academy, as well as uh, he works for Libsyn as well. And Todd keeps mentioning that Google is taking the cookie away. And I was like, don't take the cookie away. That's no. So, uh, just, so I need to first 
go do, you know, go do a quick search on that because people can repeat things. I talk about this in my last episode. If, if people repeat it enough, you start to think it's true. And it turns out that sometimes that's not the case. So uh, I, I hope that's not the case because affiliate marketing is pretty handy. You guys brought up Pat Flynn and we were talking about integrity. A great story here. Pat makes a gazillion dollars a month with Bluehost, which is a, a media host, or uh, I'm sorry, a web host. And Bluehost, their support started to kind of wane a little bit. And again, if you're recommending something for somebody, that's kind of your brand. You're, you're lending your brand to, to kind of them. And he started to get complaints. And he actually set up a meeting and went to the Bluehost, like, corporate building and said, hey, here's the deal. Uh, you either fix this. Oh, by the way, here's the gazillions of customers I've sent you. You either fix this or I'm going to start promoting somebody else. And you better bet that they, and I, from what Pat said, he now has like a dedicated Pat Flynn support person at Bluehost because he sends them so many wow. customers. That's but that's power. a matter. Yeah. So that's the power of being an influencer, but also Pat knows that's his brand. And if he starts recommending something that isn't that good, and then he says, oh, but I really love this stuff. You know, if you've ever had a kid lie to you, you know, if you're a parent and you're like, what do you mean you weren't at Joey's house? You know, well, then the next time, where are you going? Oh, we're just going to go hang down at the pizza place. And you're like, are you really hanging down? You know, right. so it's hard to get your, your trust back if you uh, let it dissolve. If you're a, I mean, Pat Flynn is like this level, right? So if, if you're someone that is, you know, at the, the, the very thin line on the pie chart of people who are, who are making that level of, of money on affiliate marketing, um, that's a, you know, you can do that. But a lot of people that are, you know, living on rented land that is affiliate marketing, and that's a, like a huge component of their business. Like to your point, it's like if the cookie goes away, what does that mean if you're counting on that for a good bit of your income? It's like you make sure you diversify what you got going on with your income for sure. And that's really one of the themes towards the end of the book I talk about. There are people like Jordan Harbinger that is just killing it with ads on his show. And there are people like Pat that have now Pat is a great example. Pat has advertising. He has great affiliate stuff and he has his own products. So if one goes down the other one might go up or it'll even itself out. Whereas if you're just doing affiliate stuff, so like when Amazon uh, changed some of their structure, you know, some people really got upset about that, but you know, it is what it is. But if you had other, uh, I think it was Adam Curry or um, Adam Carolla said, the pool gets filled quicker, the more hoses that are in it. And so if you have multiple streams of income, that seems to be if somebody is quote, doing podcasting full time, it's not just from ads. It's not just from products. It's not just from affiliates. It's not just from crowdfunding. It's kind of a mixture of all of those. And that way, if for some reason, I don't know, a pandemic hits and your crowdfunding goes down, well, maybe your affiliate stuff will go up because everybody's buying webcams to stay home. So oh. the more sources of income you have, the more you can kind of weather any kind of storm that comes up. It, I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate um, you coming on our show. Uh, the release date of your book, um, it's obviously, you know, it, I've followed your stuff for years. Profit from your podcast, Dave Jackson. It doesn't matter if you haven't started a podcast yet, you just started a podcast, or you've been a podcaster for a number of years. There's going to be 
uh, a ton of information and things that you can learn from this book. And not only that, like we talked about earlier, and you may have missed it, if you do buy this book, uh, Dave is going to update things as they're updated and go along. So if he talks about a particular piece of gear and something changes and he realizes he said something else in the book, there will be ongoing updates for those that uh, that purchase the book. And it's just been... Dave, it's been a pleasure, man. I, I you know, I appreciate yeah. you taking the time and and doing this with us today. And Jim and Chris, thanks for having me, man. I really, this is uh, this is fun. All right, thanks again, Dave. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to Dealcasters. Congratulations, you've taken another step forward in your content creation journey. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe or follow button here in your favorite podcast player so you can be reminded every time we drop an episode. We love hearing from our listeners and viewers. If you're wanting to watch our shows live on Amazon, feel free to follow Dealcasters Live as well at dealcasters.com. Follow us on Twitter or subscribe to our YouTube channel where we also include added content that you cannot find anywhere else. If you have questions about this episode or have something you want us to review, you can also email us at dealcasters at dealcasters.live. Thanks again for listening. And you know the deal. Don't fear the gears.